Kiper and Bourne. This is the national edition. I'm Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne. Hello. Sammy McKee. And we are live on Sportsnet, Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver always. Sportsnet 960 in Calgary. And this hour of Real Kipper and Bourne brought to you by Bet365. Boys, the Canucks remain red hot. They're the best team of all time. (laughs) And tonight, facing the Edmonton Oilers on a great doubleheader right here on Sportsnet on Monday Night Hockey. If I would have told you uh, that um, Vancouver would have the record they have and Edmonton has the record they have, you would have looked at me like I was growing a third eye I, about what, three weeks ago, I, four stunning, weeks ago? Stunning. Honestly, we were uh, you know, kind of doing pre-show prep today and Sammy goes, the Vegas Golden Knights have 23 points and the Oilers have five. That is the gap. The only team remotely near that Vegas team is the Canucks in that division with 17. I guess they're ahead of the Kings are there. But, boy, I mean, like, the, the Canucks are right there, second in the division, 8-2-1. and one. Plus 26 goal differential. Plus 26. They should void your San Jose yes. games from your goal differential, though. Yeah. Yeah. Saturday night, by far, uh, their most impressive no showing question. over 60 minutes. With all due By respect far. to what uh, San Jose and a couple against Nashville, uh, this was beating a team that we have contending for a Stanley Cup in Dallas. For sure. But, I mean, they also hung in with the Rangers, right? The pretty good Rangers Yeah, it could have easily had better results there than the... Uh, than the the loss in uh, overtime. Yeah, I mean, beat the Panthers. They've they've played some good hockey outside of just the taking care of business when they had to. And you know, we had Rick talk it on this show. When your best players are playing this well, it makes a world of difference, and it also helps that their best player may be Thatcher Demko or one of them anyway. In a few minutes, we're going to welcome in Dan Murphy. Of course, we know him well here as the host of uh, On Hockey Night in Canada and Canucks Hockey on on Sportsnet, uh, and we'll get his thoughts on. I think just I, the How's it happening? surprise. I know. Just the surprise in terms of where we thought they would be, where they would be in, in the rebuild, the program. And the first question we're going to probably ask them is, is it sustainable? Yeah, I think that's a totally fair ask. And I think the answer he's going to give is different than it would have been in years past. I think that there's a lot genuinely there. God, if you are, let's say, a sports company in Canada with NHL rights, hypothetically, um, Saturday night was a tough night. Like, Leafs take lose, the Oilers lose again, Flames lose, think the Jets lost, the Sens yeah. lose. You know who, you know one guy who doesn't care is Dan Murphy. <laughs> You're right. Couldn't care about all those rest, <laughs> the rest of the losses across the, the country win. because... It seems like Dan and maybe a few Canuck fans have been waiting a long time for uh, a feeling a like bucket. what 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 we're waking up to uh, for Canuck fans, uh, a, a red-hot Vancouver Canuck team. And uh, what are we looking at uh, in, in our Zoom call here, Dan, on the top of your head, by the way? Oh, the, uh, the Seahawks, which just took a terrible beating yesterday at the hands of the Ravens. <laughs> You know, when the Canucks are doing well, you still had to expose yourself to something like that, huh? (laughs) uh, I've been a local guy all my life, so I've been uh, cursed with the Seahawks. Oh, it's the only team that's ever won a championship. 
uh, in my lifetime. So I guess I should uh, stick with them. Okay, then before we get into specifics, just give us the overall feeling going into this week, the vibe in Vancouver with a team that is eight, two, and one. Well, the vibes are, are high um, with this team. Uh, today, Tyler Myers was asked. So he's been around almost as long as anyone now. I think Brock Besser and Thatcher Demko are maybe the two longest serving people at the organization. But he's like, you know, winning is fun. And he hasn't done a lot of winning uh, in his time here in Vancouver. Uh, so I think guys are enjoying it. But you do get the sense, too, that every day, whether it be talk it, or a guy like Ian Cole or another veteran says it's just a new day and we approach it the same as yesterday. It doesn't matter eight to one because they always revert in their answers to we just have to keep building and who cares about those wins. So I think that the coaching staff is hammering that home, you know, the whole cliche highs and lows thing, uh, but they're taking it to heart. But certainly, um, you know, after what I've witnessed the past decade, uh, the vibes are as high as they've been in a while. So, Dan, I uh, spent some time last year. I would join uh, Halford and Bruff in their program and talk about the Canucks, and I'd always say, I think they're better than their record. Like, there's more here with this roster. It doesn't seem like the roster is that vastly different to suddenly be this much better. Is it just the additions of guys like Chronic, or is it really that these guys are all just playing better at the same time? I think it's a few things, and, and I'll start with your question. Uh, I think it is some of the additions. When you think that they've added an NHL caliber or better than replacement level player, defenseman on every pair. It starts with Horonic on the top pair, right? He only played a handful of games last year before they shut him down. He's on your top pair. You've got Ian Cole on your second pair with Mark Friedman now, who was recently traded for in that first road trip. And then you have Carson Soucy, who they added on the third player playing with Tyler Myers. So they, add, they they revamped a half of their blue line and four six of it when you go with Friedman now. So I think that's made a huge difference uh, for this team, especially Horonic and Cole at this point. Um, the other thing is that, uh, you know, the team always seemed to be less, you know, than the, the sum of its parts. Like the, the players were always good, but uh, individually, and it never really came together properly. I think, the head coach has done a lot of that. Um, you know, you just sense with the way they play now, with the the pressure, the back pressure, the forwards, the breakouts, everything just looks better. I mean, and vastly better uh, than it was the last couple of seasons. So I would say to me, and then you add the fact that when you have success, your top guys buy in and you're having, you know, the first month that Quinn Hughes had, that Pedersen had, that Miller had, that Demko had, I mean, I think all those things uh, all add up to that 8-2-1 record. I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, Philip Peronik. And we didn't know much about him. Why would we? What, what was there to uh, focus on Detroit the last few years? And, but yet they give up the first and the second to get him, Dan. And at the time, the vibe was, what are they doing? Why would they give up future assets for for this guy? And I think today especially after Saturday night where he, he logged 25 minutes. I, uh, not many people are asking that question. So h- how good is he? Well, he's, he's been very good. Um, I was one of those people, too, at the end of last year. Why are they spending? Uh, you know, they, they made the trade uh, for, to send Horvath away. They got the first round, so they had the extra first round pick. They used it in the deal for Hronik. 
Um, and we were all saying at the time, like, that's pretty expensive for a team that, you know, still kind of seems, you know, iffy to make the playoffs next season for this season. Um, you know, and I, and I don't think I was the only one saying that Jim Rutherford was on record at the start of the season saying, um, you know, if everything goes right, this can be a playoff team. Uh, I'll say this. I looked, I didn't look at his numbers today, but prior to the Dallas game, uh, five on five, he was leading the Canucks in ice time, Bronick. Uh, I think he was third in expected goals for, uh, he didn't have the greatest start. Like I uh, said, so the first couple of games when the Canucks were still, they had that terrible second game against Edmonton and they, they won somehow. They got blown out uh, by Philly. And, you know, the underlying numbers weren't great. They have steadily gotten better. And I think before the season, when, when we heard Tockett say it's going to be, you know, kind of a defense by committee, uh, Quinn Hughes is going to have to play with a lot of guys. Well, it's turned out to be a committee of one. It's been heroic from the start. And they've made a dynamic pair. I think in an ideal world, You'd have Hironic running his own pair, you know, if this team really wants to get to the next level and, and find someone uh, to play with Quinn. Uh, but right now that that uh, that twosome have been absolutely dynamic. Uh, they went the first, what, eight games without being scored on in, in any situation uh, as a pairing. Um, he's been a, a real, real good compliment to Quinn. You know, in the past, Quinn's defensive partners have been like uh, Chris Tanev, uh, uh, Luke Shen, you know, kind of these bigger you know, stay at home guys that break up the cycle. Well, these two guys, you know, they defend with the, the quickness, intelligence, and they can both break the puck out by themselves. So I think Hironik has been, you know, he's opened a lot of people's eyes uh, in this market, including mine. So you've been around the team for, uh, you know, years and seen the different coaches and the energies and, you know, the talk, it's different. You know, like there's a different sort of uh, competitiveness to the way he carries himself on a day-to-day basis, I would say. What do you see about the talkit effect and, you know, sort of how this Canucks team is positioned with him going forward? Well, you guys would probably know better in terms of the X's and O's and the systems he's installed. Um, but I think a player like Talkit carries some weight with players, right? They know his history. They know what type of player he was. Um, you know, he's got some equity as a player, so as a coach. They're going to listen to him. And then when you have success in the stuff he's preaching, it just reinforces it. And then they'll go to the wall for him. So I think it's been uh, it's been the type of coach this team has needed. Like some of these guys want to be coached. Guys like Quinn Hughes, they want to learn. Elise Pedersen wants to learn. JT Miller, you know, he wants to learn and he wants to be held accountable. We saw him be benched for the final uh, four minutes of the power play. Was it uh, which game was it? Nashville, I think. And then he came back out in the third with his usual line and he scored uh, the insurance goal. I think these guys want that. Um, they, they, they're, they're, they're dying for some success, right? And I think when you have guys like that that will listen to a head coach and the head coach that wants to teach, wants to hold them accountable, uh, you know, as long as you're winning, uh, they're going to listen to everything he says and take it all to heart. And uh, I think he's been the perfect guy so far for him. And I, I wasn't sure last year. I mean, when Bruce took over, uh, the team went on that great run, just missed the playoffs. That was all just good vibes. Go out and play. Uh, but we know uh, that you need to have some structure in your game. And like I said at the top, it, it's it's looked night and day. Like the third period against Dallas, you know, like last year, if they went into a third period with a 2 nothing lead, you're like, how much are they going to lose this by? <laughs> this time they went with the two nothing lead. You're like, you know, I, I kind of think like they have this right. Just the way they had played the second period, they gave up nothing. Yeah. And um, it just seems like there's that belief in that structure and it's really paying off. We're joined by Dan Murphy, host of hockey night in Canada, Canucks hockey on Sportsnet. We're talking hottest team in the country, the Vancouver Canucks, all this structure, 
must be feeling like a godsend from uh, for uh, Thatcher Demko, and yeah. just in terms of just the overall trust now that he must have in front of him has taken him to another level, has it not? Yeah, there's predictability for him, right? I mean, remember the start he had last year? He must have felt like he had to do everything, right? Uh, the defensive structure around him was 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 not good. Um, you know, they didn't have the same caliber of defensemen in front of him. Now he, he knows that if the mistake's been made, uh, it's not going to be compounded with a second and a third and more chances. And, you know, there's still going to be mistakes, and he's been there. I think he's 50 for 51 in high-danger saves. <sighs> He's let one major chance in this year. I mean, that's not going to continue. Like the, the old PDO, as you know, uh, Justin, like the, the luck stat is not going to stay where it is all year long. The number one in the league, I think the Oilers are third last. It's going to regress. But when you have a talent like that in there, I think you know that he's Vesna caliber and he's going to make those tough saves. Um, so I think for him, he's smiling. Uh, you know, he, I, I, Miller said it today, he's like, you know, you know, he doesn't have to bail us out all the time. You know, we're making it a little bit easier on him because you know, he was the main reason why they won games in recent years, and now he doesn't have to be. Uh, and if he's uh, brilliant like he often is, uh, there's going to be nights when they don't play great, uh, and he's going to, you know, help them steal the odd win here and there. And, and Casey DeSmith has been as well. So I, I think you have to – I mean, I think you have to give management uh, a lot of, you know, a kudos too for the players they brought in, uh, the type of players they brought in. We haven't seen Teddy Bluger yet, but Lafferty's been a good addition. Uh, Pooh Suter – has been like a solid down the middle whose mm-hmm. bottom line is starting to come around. So they brought in these types of players that were very good defensively, more two-way players, and it's paid off and really helped out the likes of Thatcher Demko, who doesn't need a whole lot of help. Murph, this is a little bit like asking someone who's been an eyewitness at a crime scene, but what are the sharks like? What's, what, what, I mean, what, what's I happening? Uh, I almost felt bad. Yeah, you know, like that's, see, that's not a good feeling to inspire in people. You're a hockey team. No, and then they're, you know, their top couple of top guys are hurt. Right, Couture is not playing, and um, you know, we did a pre-tape uh, ahead of that game with Kyle Burroughs, who's just a prince of a human. Yeah, uh, right? but he's playing 20 minutes a night, and he's on the first unit power play, which he hasn't been on a power play since Bridgeport. You know, <laughs> you know, after he was drafted. Like, yeah. I, I'm serious. They've got guys that are playing. Um, you know, uh, you know, above where they probably should be slotted in the lineup. And um, it was, you know, they were bad. And I would, you know, I, I, I'm never one. I didn't play. I'm not going to question heart or character. But when the game got away from it, it didn't look like there was a whole lot of fight to get it back. Now, I don't know if that was just the talent level on the ice. Uh, but, yeah, by the end, you're just like, oh, my God, I almost I, I feel a little bit sorry for those guys out there. And then to follow it up with another uh, 10 goals against uh, versus Pittsburgh. I don't know where they go from here because if they do win the lottery and they do get Matham Celebrini, who's, you know, lives in that area because his, his dad's from Vancouver, but of course he works with the Warriors. They're going to have to surround him with something to help him out kind of the way the Blackhawks have done this year with Bedard because to, to bring a high draft pick into that environment right now would be, uh, it wouldn't be pretty. You're going to be busy tonight as uh, the Vancouver Canucks take on the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, a, a a good test for them because they will be facing what we think might be a, a the feel of a wounded animal out of, out of the Edmonton Oilers here. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts on the big game tonight? Well, I mean, McDavid and Drysaddle, as they have with almost every team in the league, have had their way with the Canucks. Um, you know, the power play has feasted on Vancouver. Now, Vancouver beat them 8-1 in the home opener and then 4-3, I believe, in the second game of the season. 
Uh, but that was a game that dismissed Stoll, actually, and they got some timely score and a winning goal by Lafferty. So I think they're expecting uh, a super tough team. And, and like Vegas still has, uh, you know, the odds for the Oilers to make the playoffs right now with a lot of Vegas sites are still higher than the Canucks to make the playoffs. But get this, if the Canucks win tonight in regulation, they're 14 points clear of Edmonton, and we're just at the start of November. That's an awfully big hole. So I think we're going to see the Oilers awfully hungry. I don't know if McDavid's 100%. Uh, but this is a group that um, has, you know, over the last few seasons had its way with Vancouver, except for this season so far. And you're going to see JT Miller's line hard matched on that dry sidle uh, McDavid line. They're, they're loaded up tonight. And I think it's going to be a fun game to watch because the top line of Dallas, I think, had one shot at even strength on Saturday night against that Miller line. And uh, they've been up to the test most nights uh, more often than not to shut down the other team's top line, which is another thing I don't think I would have seen coming heading into this season. One more for me, uh, Dan, before I let you go, and you can prepare for the big game tonight. Uh, just the, the big picture of Rutherford and Alvin, and uh, I'm sure they had a wish list uh, coming out of training camp and what the wants and needs are moving forward. Has 8-2-1 changed a lot? Are you think they're still looking, they're still going to be aggressive here, or are they going to kind of sit back I, a little bit here? I think they're probably going to right now, like if it ain't broke, don't fix it, but that doesn't mean they're not looking. I think they're they're always going to be looking to upgrade. Um, I think that they, you know, Alvin did a fine job this offseason. It's not like they spent a lot of money, right? Uh, they, they gave Susie the three years, but Ian Cole got uh, the one-year deal. Suter, the one-year deal, like Luger, all these guys kind of came short-term, so low risk and maybe high ceiling, and those have all paid off. I, I think the biggest thing for this group uh, moving forward is is probably still, like right now, Hironik and Hughes is fantastic, but I think to find another right shot top four guy, and we see how expensive they can be uh, after acquiring Hironik, that might be the ultimate wish list, but I think right now they're happy with the way things have gone. Uh, the coaching staff has done what they wanted it to do, um, and this is a super, super competitive team. And I'd say the way they're playing right now makes you feel like the winning is sustainable, right? Just what we've seen through the first uh, 11 games. And so I think if any broke, don't fix it. But, uh, you know, this is a group that's always looking to make improvements. So I don't think they're actively trying to make a deal, but that doesn't mean they're not going to look to make the team better if they can. Dan, enjoy the game tonight. Terrific job as always. We really appreciate your time. All right, fellas, have a great day and go Hawks. Thanks, Murph. Appreciate it. Dan Murphy, Hockey Night in Canada, Canucks Hockey. Great golfer, too. Eh? Feeling real yeah. good right now. I think he might be Sportsnet's finest player. Better than us? Well, <laughs> he might have to have a little tourney of some kind. I don't know. Get him out to Don Valley in, in April? <laughs> like, is a bad I round? I play when there's no, tree, no <laughs> leaves no in the leaves. trees. Great, is he man. one of those where a bad round's like 77? I think so. Oh, I don't want to play him then. Yeah. I don't want to play him. He's also in better shape than us. Anyway. Okay, we uh, he 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 referenced it a little bit about Connor McDavid and maybe not being at a hundred percent. There's no way he is. I told you guys. I know you did. I listened. do not play in the outdoor game. And you Don't. Guys, he looked great. You guys were wrong. I Don't. Agree, I agreed wholeheartedly with you. He did not look great. He looked he did. You like oh, he looked. He's not Connor McDavid great in the outdoor game. He hasn't been Connor McDavid great at all since coming back. Why do you want to take this guy at 60 or 70%? That's all I, I see out of him right now. 
I think you know the answer to that. It's desperation. They Their record indicates that they just cannot not have him in. But Kip, eight games, he's got two goals and 10 points. That, and this guy's 150-point guy, 60 goals. You know, that's the expectation this year. So is he completely healed? Did he completely heal off of it? Is he is he is he protecting something when he's out there? Is it on his mind? Like, or are they just are that you, bad? That he's got nothing to work with this year. Could it be just hockey stuff? No, you think he's? I just don't struggling. see. I don't see that third gear like we have in the past. Yeah, he like they lost. I watched that whole game on Saturday afternoon. They lost to the uh, Nashville. Nashville and home ice. He's just not the same guy. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Like, there's just no way you can watch well, that we game. We did this all year with Matthews. Not to uh, be depressing for Oilers fans, but, you know, with Toronto last year, we covered them closely, and that was one of the themes here is Matthews was a 40-goal guy last year, but he never looked right. Mm-hmm. You know, he never quite got to that level, that level of separation that makes you, you know, the top-end guy. So there, there we are with McDavid. Hopefully he finds it or they let him rest it or whatever it is because yeah. they're not deep enough to not have him be the best player on earth. He has to be the best player on earth. Huge game for them tonight. I actually think Edmonton wins tonight. I just, the desperation is ramped up through the roof. I big. just, I do not see them beating the Vancouver Canucks tonight uh, based on what I saw on the weekend. I know. And like you know, you're, you're really, you're, is that a throw it on the wall and see if it sticks comment that you think Edmonton can win? No, just, I, I, I don't tend to believe that. 10 games into a season, a team isn't who we thought they were at the start of the year. I haven't suddenly gone bad team on the Oilers. Things are not working. They're not getting a save. Their, their best guys have not been going. They don't have depth scoring. But we saw them last year push Vegas to the absolute brink in the second round of playoffs with an unbelievable season. Like, they didn't lose 10 guys in the offseason. So this is still a competitive they hockey can't team can't find a goalie to... To get them consistently over a hump right now, they got to deal with that. For Skinner or Campbell tonight to beat Demko tonight, as that's a that's an upset. What's really hard for them is that things are going well for Vancouver, who doesn't have to force it, right? Like they don't need to. Everything's going well. No one's struggling for their points the way here in Toronto. You got Domi and Nice, whatever. The, this Vancouver team can play comfortably, and that that's hard to beat. But I think you're going to get a great effort. To me, watching the two teams play. One team, like the Canucks are just playing so hard and so organized and got unbelievable yeah. goaltending. And the other team just can't, you know, just get out of their own way. Yeah. They look like completely opposite types of teams. Just the yakety sacks. They, they were like, they're yeah. just, they were awful yeah. on Saturday against the Preds. That was awful. Bad that was their, yeah. And we've said this right from almost the beginning when our, when our show started that, like Toronto and Edmonton, two teams that everybody had in a Stanley Cup final. It's incredible how they mirror each other. I know. The uh, two two stars or three stars having to deliver every night to give yourself a chance to win or else you can't lean on anyone else to get the job done. And you're like, who can we put on the ice defensively? We're worried about protecting the goaltender. It is. The, there's a lot of overlap. And Evan Bouchard, I'm still not sure what I, what where, where the expectations lie. If Edmonton overestimated how good he is or how how good he can be, like right now, yeah. 
to get them to a place that, you know, is can, can he play 22, 24 minutes a night? Well, that's the, uh, the issue here to me is uh, not forecasting your guys, but wish casting when you're saying, you know, like, yeah, it's Bouchard. He's really talented. He can yeah. do whatever. Like, maybe if we just use him in the role where we want him to be, he'll become that. And he's not ready to me to be the guy who's playing 22 minutes, top pair, PP. It's just, at the very least, he's not thriving in that role for them, which is problematic, right? Yeah. And the other thing, too, again, with just a, a dozen games, is it's so easy now, especially through social media, to, to, to say it's the coach's fault here. And Jay Woodcroft's taking a lot of heat right now on and let's if people we think you should be if, fired no no i don't i'm not saying you yeah. but people do yes. like the fans oh do. no no it started already really? uh, jay ruidcroft dj smith heard that one probably the the lowest uh, rumblings would be sheldon keith but there's still there's still people out there that think that after 10 games they can assess that this is a coaching issue it's crazy to me that a team can have, I don't remember how many points the Oilers had last year, but Leafs were 111, second round of playoffs. Last year, Oilers, good team, like the same coaches, and we're 10 games into the year. Yeah, rocky start, but to me, I don't know if you can burn it all well, down here. I don't think you can necessarily compare the Leafs start and the, like the Sens and Oilers start to the Leafs start. Like the Leafs have been bad, but they've gotten more weight. Like Oilers are... On the brink yeah, but it's of a little being fool's out goal it. too, like Sammy. The, with Thursday shooting 80. It's 100% agree. Don't get caught into the fool's goal. Because we do, and we, we've noted this over the last few years, we can look down and we can find 12, 13 teams that are just not good. And like, those are just, those still are, are points out there mm-hmm. that, um, you know, don't really count. To be honest with you, well, when, when it comes to really good teams, cup contention. You, you, yeah, when when it comes to teams that we really measure, good cup contenders, there's a lot of points out there that could be had that doesn't really tell you how good you are. Your, your or, point then is that the Leafs' record is doesn't really matter because they're kind of getting some lazy points. Well, then what do you do with a team like Edmonton who's not getting those points? You know, they have five points. And as Dan said, uh, a Vancouver win now has has dug a hole that you could argue. Where does that leave the Oilers moving forward? They got to they got to win seven out of ten games, seven and a half out of ten games. You know, I don't think that's Oilers are just sneak into the playoffs for the Oilers. You know, I I am saying this uh, Friday. I was on a show with Amber and Gazdick, and I said, you know, you look at this Oilers team. So tonight they got the Canucks. Then they got the Sharks, the Kraken, the Islanders, the Kraken. Like, they got some games they can win. This team, you know, goes 5-1 and one over their next six and their 500. It's like... Can I ask you who has the worst goal differential outside the San Jose Sharks this year in the NHL? It's the Edmonton Oilers. Oh, no. Yeah. Really? Second worst. By the way, do you know who has the best goal differential in the NHL? I, Van- uh, Vancouver. It is Vancouver. Plus 26. So what's the difference in there, too? Let's math this up. Leafs are minus one, by the way. Yeah, I know. Not great. Game time? Oh, yeah. Hit it, Sammy. It's game time. Presented by Bet365. Visit the app for the latest odds and find out why it's never ordinary at Bet365. Must be 19 plus. Ontario only. Play responsibly. We were just quickly talking about Connor McDavid there and not looking like himself. So I had to go check his heart odds. Yes. To see if they've moved. They were plus 150 the whole year. They have gone up. Mm. The plus 200. 
Really? Yeah. So it's not just people, like people are starting to notice, I think. I mean, he's been a prohibitive favorite all year. And Jack Hughes is at plus 500 now, which he's out week to week, I think. Austin Matthews creeping up there. He's plus 500. And then the next one's Nathan McKinnon. So for the first time in the all year on Bet365, they've changed the odds on Connor McDavid Hart. Let me ask you about a guy who gets Selkie Trophy, you know, nods here and there. People like him. Uh, is leading the NHL in points, tied with Jack Hughes. Elias Pettersson going to be playing tonight. Yeah. Is he got a heart he trophy? Is, Elias Pettersson is 10 to 1 to win the Selkie, and he is 14 to 1 right now for the heart. Wow. And he's looked excellent. And he's like plus 10. Yeah. See, that Pettersson. stuff yeah. matters to me. Yeah. He's not only as, as what, like, if he's zero, Vancouver is not that good. Yeah. It's, it's just, you, these stars have to score more than how many pucks they're shoveling out of their own net. This has been the Nylander Tavares and it issue cannot in wash. Toronto for years that they're a, typically a wash in terms of... And, and like, offhand, I can't remember, but last year, McDavid had, what, 153 points. Yeah. When, when you think about a guy with 153 points that he's on the ice for, yeah. where do you think his plus minus should be? I don't know, plus 38. I... I'd be between 40 and 50 as a really good year. I mean, plus 20 isn't horrible. But they're on the power play for but, so many of those points, yeah. You know, it should be it, it should be better. It should be better. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're right. You're giving up, uh, I don't know, 35 points on the power play, 40 points. Yeah. But it's just not good enough for the Stars to wash. They have to yeah. be on the ice well, more than they give the up. that's what the Pasternak-Marchand-Bergeron line so effective is that – Maybe they didn't have the biggest numbers, but by God, their goal differential so was always in near our, the top. In our first uh, hour with the, the Leaf edition of our show, uh, I, ta- I talked a little bit about the stress factor of stars like Mitch Marner that feel like they've got to do everything. I, it's no different for Connor McDavid. I watch Connor McDavid when he plays either in an interview or watching him on the ice, and I see the weight of the world on his shoulders to act as if he's trying to win the Stanley Cup every night. You know, I've been thinking about this a little bit myself, and I think that our sport, it is so hard and and somewhat unfair to have these expectations that Matthews or McDavid or whoever need to lead these teams to the Stanley Cup. There's 32 teams now. And in our sport, you can only play 20 to 25 minutes per game. Mm -hmm. You are at the mercy of your general manager to build something around me, to give me a chance to win my minutes and hope we're good enough around me. McDavid has obviously won his minutes, but you are now more than ever at the mercy of your GM. I know. And for, for, for McDavid now to look at his roster right now and say, I can count on you. Like... Pedersen's doing in Vancouver, like the trust level that Petey has for his teammates in Vancouver mm-hmm. and the trust that Connor has for his teammates or Marner for his teammates night and day. Well, yeah. the bottom six in Vancouver right now is like Nils Hoglander, Sam Lafferty, Anthony Bavillier. Like those are hockey players, like really good players. And, you know, in Edmonton, it's James Hamblin and Raphael Lavoie. 
you know, Derek Ryan has struggled. Boy, it's it's a different uh, world. A couple more quick ones for you. Uh, Tampa Bay is pretty heavy underdog tonight. Plus plus one thirty. If you pair a Tampa Bay Lightning win with a Nick Paul goal, it's seven to one, and he loves to score against the Leafs. So there's just a little same gamer because I have a feeling bad feeling about the Leafs tonight, boys. And the last one I'll give you is Oilers are pretty much even money tonight in Vancouver. And like you said, desperation time for them. Well, and three weeks ago, you taking yeah. the Oilers at even money against the yeah. Canucks, you'd have been tripping all so over yourself to if, place it. If you want to have a look at the Oilers in desperation mode tonight, they are even money. And that was game time presented by Bet365. Visit the app for the latest odds and find out why it's never ordinary at Bet365. Must be 19 plus, Ontario only. Please play responsibly. Nice job, Sammy. Thanks, Kippy. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, plenty more to dive into, including what's going on in Ottawa. Lots. We talk Boy, about the pressure. Canada's maybe. so much. Canada's fighting the it right Pressure now. in Edmonton, pressure in Toronto, and all of a sudden, it's in Ottawa. And the Canucks are just like... And yeah. Lauer's going, calm down here. I just bought the team. Would everybody just relax <laughs> here? Columbus for sale. Brady Kachuk calls out the fans. We'll get into that when we return on Real Kipper and Bourne. Fresh views on everything in the National Football League. It's the Fan Checkdown with Matt Marchese and Donovan Bennett. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Real Kipper and Bourne Show National Edition here on Sportsnet. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne's Sammy McKee, as if the Ottawa Senator week didn't get uh, enough. Their latest loss, a 6-4 loss to Tampa Bay, uh, led to a chorus of boos and a chant that included fire DJ. And this prompted the captain of the Ottawa Senators to come out with these comments. I mean, we're right there. It, it's it's frustrating that we're facing a ton of adversity right now, but in here there's there's no quit, and um, there never has been. I don't think we've ever showed a time where we've quit on the people that paid money to support us. I think it's non-negotiable in our group that we finish hard no matter what, and we leave it all out there, and, and um, sometimes it's frustrating. And um, I understand. Don't get me wrong. I understand they're frustrated, but... Um, I mean, we're leaving all out there. Of course we want to win. Of course we had pressure expectations this year, and we want to live up to that. So I know we're facing a ton of adversity right now. Everyone's thinking so negative right now. It's We just need to get out of it. Okay, there was a reference. Uh, I don't think we had the reference, Sammy, of uh, him mentioning the crowd and the BS that came with it. But it was there. Yeah. Not pleased with what he was uh, hearing from the booze. So... Is he? Is it across the line to, for a captain to say the fam shouldn't be booing when you're four and six? Uh, my my first thought is that, um, listen, you you don't ever want to kind of tick off the people that pay money, right? But let me just throw this back at you. Are are the expectations? Uh, are the expectations of the fans towards these players to win right now uh, realistic? Like, are they are they ready to win? Mm-hmm. Like, they've been built up the last few years. Pierre Dorian, 
wherever he is right now, uh, you know where he set up the fan base. Yep. That we're ready. Uh, rebuild's over. And it wasn't. Right. And I'm asking you right now, is as much as we can look at the promise of this lineup, are they really ready to win now? You know, I got a little bit of heat from some people preseason when we picked, you know, how many Canadian teams do you think will make the playoffs? And I had Ottawa just outside. And my point was that as you get better from the basement, it gets harder to take the next steps, right? Like, it's easy to go from 55 to 75 points and 75 to 85. Once you get in that group of teams, it gets really hard to keep climbing. And I kind of had them in that wild card chase. Things go right, they get in. Things go badly, they, they don't quite make it. Things have gone poorly. They're hurt, yeah. right? They're, they're down 3D at least. There's other injuries up front. Like you have the other clip if you want to hear it. Ooh, yeah, okay. yeah, for yeah. sure. I want, so, I do want to hear no it. No problem. No problem. Yeah, frustrating. I mean, it's whenever you don't win, it's it's frustrating, and um, it's frustrating the the negativity from the outside. It's um, the constant booing and and the, uh, kind of from the crowd too. Tonight was. Um, I understand that they're a passionate fan base. I understand. I love it, but. Um, I mean, when you face adversity, you don't you don't turn your back mm. on uh, the, the guys out there. I mean, we're, we're playing hard. Um, I know it's frustrating right now, but it's not like we're we're giving up out there. We're fighting to the very end. So, um, to be honest with you, it's um, I, I was I was very frustrating tonight. He's not wrong. Game eleven, though. I I think he is wrong. Where? Well, Where is he wrong? They this team has been. I would argue that there's been no more positive fan base about their team that's not very good for the last four years in the Ottawa Center. So, I mean, they may not, they're just not ready to win right now. And, well, how, and they're, they're, they got set up by Pierre Dorian a oh, few years ago. Is that the point you're making? That the expectations yes. are elevated too high yes. too soon? Yes. Ooh. And they're going to be good. They're just may not be ready mm. uh, emotionally. And there still might, has to be some maturation here it's interesting because we had the leafs get booed the other night against la I and i was it, like I, all the teams can boo they can boo they're paying a lot of money to go to these games they're seeing a bad product they've been told how many times that their team's going to be good they're no good again i get booing. Yes. i'm the fans perspective you're the they've players been perspective. set up by to believe okay. that they're they're in a win mode now by the signings of um, by Tarasenko signing the goaltender. Never, I, listen, I, I mean, he could still prove me wrong, but I was never a, a, a Corpusalo guy. Mm-hmm. Like, where where have you carried a team that yeah. you need? Do you, you they, the Pierre Pass Dorian gave him twenty million one, bucks? Yeah, for no. five years. Yeah, he, he was pretty good in the down the stretch for the Kings, then he fell apart in the playoffs. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's hard when you know. When your team finally drafts a lot of exciting players and you just kind of expect it to happen and it just doesn't that easily. They had some tough luck. Obviously, the Pinto thing is massive for them. You know, Formington is still, you know, uh, out there somewhere. They've just, you know, Norris being hurt last year. It it has felt like here they come, here they come, here they come, and they just can't get that traction. So I get why fans are frustrated. Booing the players is the outlet. But to me, you're booing the frustration with the organization not being where you expect it should be. And if they're not quite ready to win just yet, uh, if you're Mike Michael Anlauer who just bought the team and you've still got to pay Pierre Dorian, 
I think this year and next year, and you got to pay DJ Smith this year. I, I don't think you're you should be in any hurry to make a major change like that. Unless you believe, like the fans, that the team is there now and that this is what's holding them back. So I think it's a perception thing. And, you know, Steos has been there with Dorian, right? And so he probably believes in what they have and thinks that there's more to give. That tends to be the opinion of managers, that they've built a bad or a good team and that the coaches aren't doing it right. I wonder if Steos believes that because it's probably Steos's opinion that Ann Lauer cares about most. Elliot today was talking about potential coach replacements already for DJ with John Gruden was a name he dropped. And now that's a that would be another uh, inexperienced coach. It would be guy's never been a coach in the NHL, right? Uh, he, and he, that was he DJ Smith. He OHL championship when Ann Lauer was there. That was there. DJ Smith coming in, right? Right. So then you want the opposite. Claude Julien is a guy from. He's in the Ottawa area. He's waiting outside the building, just waiting for his name to be called. He's there. Again, this the perception is there that this team loses money year after year, especially when they don't make in the they right. make the playoffs. I'm just not sure a guy that spent uh, close to a billion dollars is ready to put out millions more on something that may not be the difference maker this year. God, the uh, playoff gate. A couple of playoff gates would sure take some of the sting out, wouldn't it? Yeah. If you believe a new coach can turn around and get you in. Yep. In a division where seven teams are above 500. But they've, they've historically stunk in November, haven't they? They've, like, buried themselves in this month. Tough like. to tell because they haven't had a great run of years. Period. Yeah, no, but they've been good towards the end of the year a lot of times, it feels like. Last year, remember, they were, like, one of the harder teams to play against. I remember joking that. If they got in, they the least to be the most scared of them. Yeah, like yeah, they were right. really, really good towards the end of last year, but it's just not, it's not working. I do want to say, I think they're a good team, and I think that they've had bad luck, and that this, this is a team that's going to be better. I don't think they're going to finish below five hundred. I think they're going to be competitive still. Okay, can you say the same thing about the San Jose Sharks? No, oh my God, it's <laughs> what ate the microphone saying that. No, two goals in two, ten goals. In two straight games, they've given up. Uh, I don't think it's ever been done before in, in the history of yep. the game. First time since the Bruins from December 2nd to 4th in 1965, Kippy. When was the moon landing? So Moon landing. 69, they, they are, so since they before are, the moon landing. That's the worst start in NHL history, is it not? Minus... 42 goal differentials, the worst in NHL history through a team's 11 games. I think it's the worst. I think it's the longest streak to start a season yet. Like, the, pers- uh, the feeling out there over the course of, like, history was the worst team ever was the 1974, I think, Washington Capitals. I don't know if they won six or eight games that year. Mm. Ouch. And in in a, in a league now where... The salary cap and parity was supposed to make everybody pretty much competitive against each other. We are now staring at maybe the worst team in history. I mean, I'm wincing looking at their roster right now. So Couture is hurt. The 74-75 Washington Capitals won eight games. And the next closest was the Sharks at 11 games in uh, 92-93. Yeah. There's all these are a lot of expansion teams. There's going to be nobody to go to those games. I, this is the thing, Kip. It's not just what you do. It's going to be empty. 
Well, and, and you miss a whole generation of potential fans. You see that kid the other night had the oh my, my first God. Sharks game sign? Like, oh. With the, with the, the graphic of 8 nothing, And it was his 10th birthday. <laughs> and they hung 10 on them. Like, one for every who's, year on birthday. <laughs> don't go next birthday. Who's going to pay for his therapy now? I know. It's well, terrible. I mean, what, what other sports can he get interested in? Because it isn't going to be hockey. I, I just think that when you tear a team down this far... You can't assume that a few good draft picks turn it around. You need 16 new skaters. Like when you're giving up 10 goals a game, are you still allowed to uh, bet on them? Or would they take them off the books? Yeah, it might be. Oh, they'll let you bet on them. (laughs) (laughs) They're praying you bet on them. Kip, what are you talking about? Guaranteed win night or guaranteed loss night. Bet 365 is like, yes, bet on them. Their top pair is Mario Ferraro playing with Ty Emerson. Kyle Burroughs, Nikita Okotyuk is playing. Yeah, like they're playing tomorrow night, and they're only plus 160 on the right? race. Yeah, against the against the Flyers. I just, it's really hard to see when the wins come. I, I just, I, I get it. I, you know, I, don't, I get it. I mean, I understand that you want to stink and give yourself a chance for draft picks, but... There's no guarantee, like, the damage that you could do to your organization over this year. Irreparable. Like, yeah. it might take 10 years to recover. Well, and how about Buffalo did that? Remember the year that they were cheering for losing was the McDavid's draft? Yes. They were cheering, and then they just, they never, they haven't made playoffs since. Yeah. Like, you just, Arizona, the Devils are finally coming around. Detroit yeah. was bad for so long, like. Leafs were the only team to ever do it quick. Yeah, they bottomed out and got back. But by and large, when you really bottom out... Well, I shouldn't uh, say quick. They were stinky for a lot of years, too, in between. Like, yeah. when they went to the playoffs in the shortened year, and then they stunk for a while, and then they get Matthews and all that. But, yeah. Anyway, I just think when you... you they need to add players, and I, I'm going to keep saying that all year. They need to add players to save face. They're still going to finish last or close to, even if they get three good players. They won't. There's no way. Wow. Well, you can't justify spending an asset, which is why they won't. But yeah. I don't know what you do. You lose uh, a lot. What is going on with your favorite goalie in Carolina, yeah, he, Freddie uh, Anderson? They announced today that he's out. I think they didn't really give him much of a timeline, but with some some blood clot issues. Apparently they're trying out Yaroslav Halak. So all the best to Freddie. That's pretty scary. And, yeah, they're having a tough time there anyway. Now they're trying, like I said, trying out Halak. Yeah, they're they're. Carolina's two games over 500, but they were supposed to be a team that many had winning the Stanley Cup. I had them as the East favorite pretty handily this year. I thought they would walk walk away with the Eastern Conference this year. Maybe the Devils were going to push them, in my opinion. But yeah, they're weird. Their goal differential is zero. You know, they're they're at break even at best. So they're not that kind of team. Usually, they're usually like the analytics darling. For sure they are. Yeah. Yeah, they're and like the Leafs, they're much worse because their defensive metrics are much worse. Okay, two games on tap on the network. Uh, Toronto and Tampa Bay led, uh, followed by Edmonton and Vancouver. Let's start with Toronto and Tampa. Can, can the Leafs redeem themselves tonight? Uh, man, I, I'll, I'll say we've done the show together. It's our third season. I have no idea what to expect from the Leafs tonight. Because usually it's like their stars when every, like all the scrutiny is on them. Mm-hmm. They put in a great effort, have a game, and go, oh, yeah, they're still a pretty good team. But they've been playing pretty good. So it doesn't seem to matter. I have no answer, Kip. I, I don't 
have a good feeling about tonight. You think they lose? I think it could get ugly. Uh, I don't know oh, about wow. ugly. I don't get the sense ugly, but I do get the sense that it's between Toronto and Edmonton, it's going to take a lot more than 60 minutes to iron out some uh, issues. I think they need a Samsonov performance tonight. If Samsonov's bad, they could get really smoked. <laughs> That's what I mean. And it's on but home he, ice. He played great last game. Maybe Samsonov will start to find it here. Kipper, you're talking about the grumbling you were experienced on Saturday night. Like, the fans, I, it's just heading in a sneaky bad direction here. They and go down I'm a few, you're going to get serious boost tonight. That's what and I mean. maybe some chance about no. some people. Maybe. And what about the other one? <laughs> what, yeah. What do I, you know? I, yeah. No, no. Just <laughs> I, I, I'll go with Vancouver tonight. Yeah? Yeah. I All just right. think that, uh, yeah, listen, they may get a bad bounce here and there. And I don't know, maybe Edmonton finds a way to pull this one off. But Two goals from Dreisaitl. 5-4 win. Wow. Oilers. Okay, is he, is, he, is he on the ice for three, though? <laughs> uh, well, not if they're winning. Doesn't matter. We're going to be entertained no matter what happens tonight. So stick around and watch both of those games on Sportsnet. It's going to be a lot of fun. Okay, our thanks to Dan Murphy yeah. this hour for his feedback on the Vancouver Canucks. Enjoy the game, everybody. We're going to be back here tomorrow to wrap it all up for you. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening to The Real Kipper and Bourne Show.